0: I'm Jack Zemlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2019 Precision Farming Dealer podcast series. In today's program, we take a look at some of the advancements being made with equipment compatibility from the floor at the 2019 Agricultural Industry Electronics Foundation's recent Plugfest event. If you're tuning in for the first time, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this series currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And a reminder that by subscribing, you'll be able to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released. Well, engineers from 68 different manufacturers had a variety of components, from virtual terminals to a programmable tractor chair, scattered across nearly 40 tables during the three-day Agricultural Electronics Foundation, or AEF, Plugfest, May 7th through 9th in Lincoln, Nebraska. With a unified goal of improving equipment compatibility, the annual North American event, with a second international plug fest held each year as well, provides a unique venue for companies across all colors and brands to collectively test, learn, and evolve technology. I had the opportunity to sit down with Andrew Oliver, marketing and communications lead for AEF, during the event to get an update on some of the current and future plans the organization has to improve equipment functionality across brands. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast, we share excerpts from my conversation with Andrew, covering AEF's short and long-term plans for its increasing access to the compatibility database and improvements to its equipment conformance test. Andrew, thrilled uh, that you could make some time here. We're uh sitting here in, in the ballroom at uh, Plugfest 2019 here in Lincoln. So a lot of energy in the room, a lot of activity, things going on. Uh, maybe you could just give us a little bit of uh, uh, context, set, set the scene here uh, for, for this year's event.
1: Okay, uh, thanks Jack. Yeah, so we're here in the ballroom in the uh, Embassy Suites in Lincoln and uh, we come here every year for the Plugfest. The Plugfest happens twice a year. Uh, in May in Lincoln and then in September or October somewhere in, in Europe. So yeah, we're back here again uh, in the middle of this ballroom. There's about 39 or 40 tables and then about every half an hour the, the, the buzzer goes and um, the people that get to rotate, they go to the next table and then the people that are sitting affixed at each table, they're waiting for the next uh, participant to come along. Typically the people at the tables themselves, are, they're there with a, with a display or with some type of tractor control software. And the people moving around every half an hour are people with typically uh, Isobus implement software. They want to come along, they want to plug into the display or the tractor software and see that that the softwares are compatible, that this display can control that implement or or this this tractor, this Teku, puts the right information on the bus for the implement. It's great to be here. It's good that uh, a lot of manufacturers uh, come here in the end there's around 68 participants so 68 uh, different companies here with equipment uh, for testing one of the other um, stations that we do have here is also a station for the AEF conformance test um, because the plugfest allows manufacturers of bus equipment oh there's the buzzer <laughs> half an hour's up the plugfest allows manufacturers of isobus equipment to test with other manufacturers and see that the the software is compatible they can that equipment can be controlled as we've kind of mentioned in the past the aEF has developed a conformance test which means that people can test their equipment against the conformance test and get it certified and certified equipment can be loaded in the aEF database um, so we also have a, a conformance testing station here so some of these manufacturers who might not know about the conformance test or, or might not have considered passing the conformance test, they can actually try it out and they can talk to the test experts, the people writing the conformance test, to understand what they need to do with their software or their hardware to be able to pass the conformance test. The more manufacturers that are actually actively passing the conformance test, the better it is for the industry because conformance tested components can be seen in the database and then manufacturers, dealers and also the public can access the database, can look up these components and see what what tractor works with what, what implement, What is I, what ISOBUS com- compatibilities do they have. Yeah, it's a three-day event. Uh, it's day, here we're on, on day two and um, the testing runs from sort of eight o'clock to five o'clock each day. So for the engineers that are in the room, it, it is a really busy event. You see them in the relaxing in the evening and everybody's quite relieved that another day of testing has been completed.
0: Yeah, it's it's a fascinating event. I've had the opportunity to be here a few times now and, uh, you know, it's really interesting to get around the room, talk to some of the different engineers and uh, you can certainly see, I mean, it it shows where, you know, they're seeing the successes, uh, the progression, you know, and and, and then also, you know, acknowledging kind of some of the roadblocks, you know, and, and there's always some unexpected things that come up and maybe you can you know test something outside of this room and and it's working very well but then when you get into this situation and that's that's why people are here obviously you want to troubleshoot problem solve you know in those potential real world scenarios uh, between equipment so it's it's always fascinating to kind of see this dynamic of companies Mm -hmm. you know here obviously you know working toward that common goal one of the questions that i always like to ask and i've certainly asked this year is is to find out you know, where some of the companies kind of see the progression over the last few years. You know, obviously those companies that have been here at this event a number of times. And, yep. you know, from your perspective, I'm curious to find out, are you seeing momentum, movement toward, you know, kind of, you know, everybody likes to throw around kind of the plug and play phrase, which I think, you know, is, uh, you know, something that you know, is probably, a little more rhetoric than than, you know, and, than maybe uh, some would, would like to you know, believe, but you know, what, what do you see as kind of uh, the state of things in terms of getting to that compatibility stage that I think probably farmers and dealers really would like to see?
1: Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, ultimately, if we talk about the farmer and the dealer point of view, they want to have ISOBUS systems which work, right? You know, we, we all understand that, uh, and so, it's really good that people come here uh, with Isobus software to test. What I think is, is also is interesting here is um, when we get new companies coming along who are developing bus software but they want to come to the Plugfest and, uh, and they want to see, OK, I've developed this software, is it going to be compatible with the displays that are on the market? This year there are a couple of new uh, attendees, which is good. With the development of Us software, some companies choose to develop it themselves and other companies choose to work with a, a supplier who has uh, experience developing software which is compatible. And there, So there are two different uh, routes to take. The Plugfest in North America has matured to some extent. A lot of the, uh, how can I say, it, seasoned players, they turn up with software which is software in production and they run around and test it, and and they have good results. And you know, there's not too much to do. You still get people turning up with uh, uh, pre-production software, which is something new they're trying. And ag- again, they want to try and, and see that it works with the displays that are on the market or or the implements that are on the market, and see if they're going down the right direction. Uh, there's always a there's always kind of a but, and I I feel that for. for a lot of the companies that are producing ISO bus equipment in North America there's still not enough conformance testing going on there's still not enough use of the AEF conformance test the AEF has taken steps in the last couple of years to actually reduce the pricing of the conformance test to make it easier for manufacturers to get their components tested in some respects we're still looking at the situation that the plugfest is too successful. People can come here they can test with all these different displays and know. Okay, I've got a nice bus implement that works with these displays. Why do I need to do the plug fest? Both the plug fest and the conformance test are things which go hand in hand, and both things are useful. But by more people participating and doing the conformance test, then it helps to get that message out to the dealer and to the end user to say that yes. This is an ISO bus system which is compatible because it is aef certified we 're successful with the Plugfest and we 're seeing you know a lot of uh, mature software coming through but we're still there 's still work to do to get North American manufacturers to, to certify their ISO bus components or to do more certification
0: when, and obviously uh, you mentioned you know a couple of years ago uh, you know there was the launch of the the database, which obviously yep. you know was something designed to you know really kind of increase that access increase that opportunity yeah. for manufacturers and then also you know their dealers to take advantage of being able to identify uh, implements that are you know certified and then also you know kind of be able to track kind of the, the those that have you know kind of Pass that conformance test. Yep. It, it sounds as if you know there there is probably more work to be done there, and it sounds like AEF is, is in the process of of looking to expand on that.
1: The whole idea behind the database and the conformance test and defining Isobus in terms of functionalities is to make it easier for everybody to work with Isobus. When Isobus first uh, was you know announced, released, or sort of launched in the end of the nineties, kind of the year two thousand, it had great promise, but it also introduced a whole myriad of problems and that obviously led to the formation of the AEF in 2008 to try and help the industry uh, address these problems with Isobus. So the AEF has worked, you know, functionalities, conformance test, uh, database, to try and make Isobus easier to understand, but we're still, we still have work to do within the industry, within our members to get them to be adopting more the tools that we've created, because the idea of the tools is to make ISOBUS more transparent to everybody. It doesn't just become this this unknown, you know, people don't lump it in the same area as kind of, you know, a guidance antenna or a guidance system or whatever. It, it shouldn't be seen as that technical, or that complex. We've got things laid out in a relatively simple and straightforward way that anybody should be able to understand an ISOBUS system and what can work together on what doesn't, but we just need more more buy-in from the from the manufacturers to you know get their components certified.
0: When and you can see, I mean, at these events, you know, there's there's a lot of determination, uh, you know, on, on the faces of the uh, attendees here, and that they're they're really you know invested in, in trying to uh, you know make things work, improve that compatibility. You know, kind of outside of these events, and yeah. then obviously um, beyond the conformance testing. Are there challenges in in trying to get manufacturers kind of all on the same page, you know, when kind of everybody goes back home to their respective companies and and they say, well, okay, you know, that was another successful plug fest. We learned a lot, you know, but, you know, we we also are very focused on kind of what we're doing internally uh, with with our, you know, electronics, our precision. And is it hard to kind of keep the focus year-round for these companies to say, hey, you know what, let's build on... The momentum that we've made at at these Plugfest events, you know, with with what we're
1: doing with the conformance test, building out the database. I mean, Plugfests are just such a unique event because you have engineers from these from competitors collaborating, you know. And if if you have a um, you know a display for one manufacturer and you've got an implement from another manufacturer and they're you know being tested at table twenty seven over there, if they don't work, then either you know they can swap can logs and business cards and you know go back to the office work on the diagnostic of that issue and then arrange another testing session or or whatever but there's this great collaboration between the engineering departments of the different manufacturers and it's great to see the the main uh, I think the main hurdle is that and again from the manufacturer point of view Companies have made the decision to have Isobus products and they've made the decision to send their engineers here to make sure they develop Isobus products which work. So there's that commitment on the, let's say, the engineering or the development level within within the manufacturers. But there are all these other departments within our manufacturing organisations who still need to buy in to the whole subject of Isobus and what the AEF's doing. And that's kind of where the hurdle is. For the people that are here in this room that have made the effort to come here, they will stay in touch with the engineers from the other companies to, to solve issues, which is great. It's the rest of the rest of our companies who where, where the issue starts. That um, there needs to be, uh, um, and, and again, it, it, it depends on the company. But but in general, not all of the other departments are on the AEF ISO bus boat like the engineers are that are in this room, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Well beyond that, I mean obviously uh, there there are some new and exciting things that, mm. that AEF is working on and it seems like every year, you know, coming to this event there, there's always a new project, a new goal that you guys have set. Uh, can, can you talk a little bit about some of the new things that you guys uh, kind of have working uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in terms of, uh, you know, obviously just from a developmental standpoint um, or obviously uh, just some... Uh, maybe some conceptual or, or you know new goals that you guys have as an organization.
1: Okay, so there's, um, there's three things I'd like to touch on here um, and really they're things which we're planning to uh, announce for for Agritechnica. The first one is the release of TIM and TIM is a new functionality which stands for Tractor Implement Management. A lot of people in the market should know about Isobus Class 3 and Isobus Class 3 is where an implement can control certain functions on a tractor. Isobus Class 3, as a definition, has been around for some time and a number of manufacturers have released Isobus Class 3 systems into the market, but they all have their own manufacturer proprietary security layer around them because you don't want to have anybody's implement controlling anybody's tractor in case there's an issue. The whole idea behind TIM is it's using the ISO bus class three messages, but th- it has a has an industry accepted uh, security layer, and that security layer has been designed by the AEF, um, and it's using a a PKI infrastructure, so a public key infrastructure, which had been developed for the the um, banking industry for online banking many years ago. And anyway, thanks to a PKI infrastructure, um, the AEF. Is able to release this new functionality, new functionality called Tim. With a Tim system, then a Tim certified implement will be able to control a Tim certified tractor. That implement and that tractor could come from anybody uh, in the ag industry. They don't have to be from the, the same color, for example, um, which. The, I, the class three systems on the market today are typically systems from the same manufacturer. We're planning to announce uh, the release of the TIM functionality and the, the infrastructure for that at Agritechnica and really the infrastructure means that we need to update the conformance test to test for TIM products and the, the unique thing about the conformance test is that when it's testing for TIM functionality If that equipment passes the conformance test, then the AEF system will create a unique security key and that has to get embedded in the software for that that ISOBUS product. And then that can be released in the market. And then obviously we need to update the the database, the AEF database to to, to be able to show TIM certified products. We're announcing that at Agritechnica and the actual infrastructure for TIM will be available Uh, in November this year, so that's why we want want to announce it then. So I mentioned that uh, the conformance test, uh, let's say, this is the first functionality uh, whereby it actually needs to pass the conformance test before it can be released. With the other functionalities that we have today on the ISA bus, so the universal terminal or task controller, section control, basic or aux control, etc., you don't need to pass the AEF conformance test. Uh, You can design your software release it and you know by coming to the plug You know that that software works with other uh, other manufacturers other isobus equipment But with the release of TIM you cannot release a TIM product unless it has passed the AEF conformance test Because that generates that really unique security key uh, for that product It's going to be really exciting to get to Agritechnica to be able to release that onto the market And then hopefully within uh, a few months we'll actually see TIM certified products available for people to purchase. Um, I know that many manufacturers are actively working on on developing the TIM software now to be ready for when the AEF infrastructure is released, Uh, so hopefully within a few months after Agritechnica we'll see some real TIM products released to the public. So basically, we'll be announcing Tim at Agritechnica. The other, thing that's, um, the other functionality that's coming out at the moment is a functionality called the file server. We're hoping that we can actually announce it before Agritechnica, maybe um, towards the end of the summer. The file server functionality is actually something which it describes, a, oh, I don't want to get too technical, but <laughs> it describes a, a storage place on the ISO bus. Typically that storage place could be a USB stick or, or, or some uh, space in the display. And the idea is that you could put in that storage space a file which the implement needs, the ISOBUS implement needs. It could be a new language file, for example. So let's imagine you've got a, um, a, a pull type sprayer and you need to have, you know, Czechoslovakian uh, Czechoslovakian languages on the sprayer and maybe when the sprayer came from the factory it didn't have that language file on there. By having the file server then it means that you can actually email out that language file to the customer, he could put that on a USB stick, plug it into the ISO bus and the implement could update itself with the correct language file. Another thing could be uh, if you had a, um, if you needed to update the firmware on the implement, rather than the dealer having to drive for two or three hours out to the customer just to uh, update the, the the implement firmware, he could again email that file out to the customer. The customer puts it on a USB stick, connects it to the ISO bus, the file server picks it up, and then the ISA bus implement could actually go through a process of updating itself by finding this this file. File server is a it's a known part of the ISA bus standard. And in the last couple of years, the AEF has been developing the conformance test for file server. That conformance test is actually in a, a, a beta release at the moment. And one of the, the I mentioned the, the table here where you can run the conformance test they can actually run the file server conformance test and we already have there's around eight uh, bus products here which do already support file server so it's going to be interesting to get those run through the conformance test to see how it works. We're planning to release the, the file server either at Agrotechnical or even slightly beforehand and it's another functionality which does actually offer good benefit to the customer and also to the dealer, to the dealer service technician it can make his life a lot simpler, his or her life a lot simpler uh, as well. And really the third thing I wanted to mention, kind of getting back to uh, announcements towards the end of the year, is uh, we're making improvements to the database. A couple of years ago we relaunched our, our AEF website with a new, uh, we relaunched the AEF website with a new. Uh, User interface, and we tried to make it slightly more uh, let 's say logical and easier to understand, so that was a good improvement and now what we 're doing is we 're actually looking at that same graphic interface and trying to update the database to have a similar look and feel to the AEF website as well as updating the the UI for the database we 're also making some improvements to the conformance test. Um, We've noticed that in the last couple of years there have been some, I guess some, some issues have come to light to say okay there's uh, some things where we, which we need to improve in the conformance test now that more people are using it and so those improvements have been uh, documented and we're working on those this year and so we're planning to get those released for Agritechnica so for the end of the year. The other piece about the, the the database is that currently the database access is given to manufacturers and then manufacturers can give access to their dealers as and when they, they want to roll that out. The database is a really important tool for the dealers because of the compatibility check and because of also the ability to raise a ticket if there's an bus system in the field not working. We've noticed again that, that uh, not enough manufacturers have been rolling out access to the database for their dealers and i mean the database is a good tool it's been developed to help you know as i mentioned before manufacturers dealers and the public understand isobus and resolve any isobus issues that if, if they have them so we want to get more dealers uh, accessing the database and so we're planning to roll out a a feature where the Dealers can actually create their own access to the database when they you know put in their details to create their account They would also have to list which Manufacturers they which products they sell which brands and that would trigger the database to send an email to the manufacturers to say You know dealer XYZ Says he is a dealer for your product. Would you uh, allow him to to? um, Would you allow him access to the database and so when we release that, then it means that dealers can create their own accounts. Uh, the manufacturer just needs to approve that account, and we want to be able to get more dealers accessing and using the database that way. Because again, the, the, the database is there for dealers as well. There's a ticket system there which, you know, dealers should be using to help them resolve ISO bus issues. The announcement of TIM, the release of the file server functionality. So TIM is a functionality, file server is a functionality, and the database improvements are the main things that we're, let's say, well, the main things that we're working on and we want to communicate um, towards the end of the year for Agritechnica or, or or beforehand.
0: Well, thank you, Andrew, for your insight into the current and future objectives of AEF. And I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program. So feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262- Seven 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 two four four one. 2441 and once again if you haven't done so already you can subscribe to this podcast series in iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when future episodes are released and you can also keep up on the latest Precision Farming News impacting your dealership by registering online for our free e-newsletter and be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page Well, I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2019 podcast series for Andrew Oliver, AEF, and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer. I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening.